0: TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand.
1: I mean, I've done everything. Glenn Perkins. I've started, I've mopped up, I've closed. Glenn Perkins. We joke around and we have fun and he's different, he's unique. He seems like a guy that I'd like to ever do it. It's me. It's Glenn Perkins on baseball. Sweet. And welcome to the Score North. You wouldn't believe it, but they are still in first place. Twins show. Wow.
0: Nicely done. Wow. This
1: is Glenn Perkins on baseball. That's Phil Mackey. Derek Wetmore back from
0: Los Angeles. That's right. Area. Did you find a good burrito? Uh, I found a great, like, enchilada wrap, which I'm calling a burrito. That's in not this a burrito. Case. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I felt like a fraud, so but no, it was you delicious. didn't find a burrito. Correct.
1: All right. Well, the twin season's over. Derek went to LA, didn't find <laughs> a burrito.
2: So that's the Our show pet's today, guys. Are Thanks for listening, off. and, uh, <laughs> Glenn Perkins on Minnesota United coming up next. Glenn Perkins on Vikings. <laughs> is the season over? Six five one six four six eight two five five. Um what's your level of what's this is the first time they've lost three in a row. Yeah. What's your I, level of panic right
1: I, now? I mean that and that like it, that's not really that big of a deal. Like you know, I mean, other teams, every team has lost three in a row. Uh, and that happens usually way earlier in the season. That just shows the, the res- resiliency that this team has. Uh, and kind of just a, that, that's more of just like a fluky thing, I think. I mean, you know, they, they've they lost, how you know, what, 30-some games. So odds you would think were, hey, yeah, they would have lost three in a row by now. So I think that, I mean, that was a cool thing that they were doing. It was just, like I said, it was more fluky than anything. I'm not that concerned. To be honest with you, and there's a few reasons. One, I, I was talking to some people yesterday at the field, and at that time the, the lead was five games. So they, they, the Twins had peaked at 11.5, and I'm like, okay, so the Twins have played mediocre-ish baseball for the past six weeks now, since I think June 3rd. Their high-water mark was 40-18 and 18 on June 2nd. And the Indians have played as good as they possibly can, and they only cut the lead in half. So if you look at it that way like they have to do that again now. So they have to continue the Twins have to continue to not play well and the Indians have to continue to play as well as they have, which I don't think either of those things are going to happen. Like odds are that the Indians are going to regress a little bit and the Twins are going to improve a little bit. Now they have a tough 7 game homestand, you know, a 9 game homestand, but they have 7 more games left. A's, Yankees, both teams that are in the playoffs, the Yankees you know, are right there with the Dodgers as the best team in baseball. So they have a tough stretch yet to come. The Indians are still on a soft part of their schedule. I just don't see how the, the Indians are just going are going to continue to play at that level and the Twins are going to continue to play at the level they've played at. It the lead might get a little closer, but at some point the Twins are going to be the team that wins 8 out of 10 and the Indians go 4 and 5 or, you know, 3 and 7 and all of a sudden it's back to eight games, right?
2: I th- I follow your logic. I'm with you, and just to and, and Derek's even more bullish than I am. But I think all three of us agree. And if someone doesn't agree, stop me. They're going to win the division. I think they're going to win the division. But what's tough is they had a chance. If they would have just been a little bit, if 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 they would have won more games, quite frankly, in the last three weeks, it's possible they would have drove the Indians to do something like sell off pieces that they might not sell off now. And yeah. we don't know what the Indians are thinking, but now if I'm the Indians and I've cut this down to four, and I'm 14 games over 500, i I'm probably not trading Trevor Bauer and Brad Hand, and I'm surely not trading them to the Twins.
1: Yeah, and I, I think, well, and that's, and not even that they ever would have traded them to Twins, just just trading them in general to to weaken their team would have been, I mean, we've been talking about that all year, and, and when you get off to the start that they got off. But that's the kind of thing, is like, they're still they're still where they're at. They still have the record that they have. And I pulled up the run differentials. I think that that's the most predictive thing. So that's that that obviously is what's happened throughout this year, but also shows predictive toward the future. And they're third in baseball with a with a, a plus 110 run differential. The Indians are 11th at plus 37. So going forward, you it's it, to me is easy to see which team for the next two months is going to be the better team, and when you talk about a run differential of, of 110, and that's including yesterday losing by 10. So you know, one day ago they were at 120. They were right at they were right there with the Yankees, and that's that's the most predictive thing as as far as future performance. Seeing what the future performance is going to be, they're a significantly better team than the Indians, and they've hit a rough patch. And the Indians have. have Played, I mean even when we were on bad teams like that was the whole it's happening
2: thing right like we were Don't blame that on me by the way. We were on It's not my we fault were a you my my fault you guys couldn't handle the pressure we of the a hashtag. We were bad
1: team and you we, and we go for a month stretch and and
2: play 15 games above 500. Actually you guys for 2 months in a ninety nine this is how this is like baseball being baseball yes. right? For a two month stretch during a 99 loss season, you guys had the best record in baseball. Right. The best record in baseball. Now, a
1: 99 loss team. Are the Indians a 99 loss team? No, they're not. But the Twins are a better team than the Indians.
0: Let me ask you one quick thing, Glenn, because that run, it's not exactly comparable. Like you just said, the Indians aren't going to lose 99 games, including, I think, at last check, every game in September. The way I look at it is like inside that clubhouse what does that feel like when you are on that hot stretch i mean like you're the best team in baseball for a month that's got to be some sort of ego boost right it is and the twins were the best team for 2 months yeah but that's that's what i'm getting to if you're so, cleveland you're probably feeling pretty good right now
1: they sh- and they should be but that's when i was talking to some people off the ledge yesterday at at target field um, i said that they're playing they're playing so far above what the, what what's a sustainable pace And they've only made up, at that time, they only made up six games. And I'm like, so they still have to do that again. Like, that's been seven weeks in the making. So what what day is it? The 18th. It's been been six and a half weeks in the making to cut that lead in half.
0: Right. Coinciding (laughs) with injuries with the Twins and all that.
1: Everything that's happened. It's it's taken them six weeks to, to pick up six games. Now seven games. Sure. And you can, yeah, you can pick up four games in four days. But... All that all that needs to happen and all that will happen is the Twins are going to win a couple in a row, and the Indians are going to lose a couple in a row, and they've they've they're right back where they were, and that's, you know, it is just as far as like the level of panic and things like that. I I don't think there's reason for that, and I think that every team goes through stretches like this. This is what the Twins are. They're not a they're not a a, a team that's goes forty and eighteen three times in a season. And, and wins 120 games. No, no teams do that. So they're not that team. They're also not a 500 team. They're what they are now. I, I not. I don't have the record off the top of my head, but that's. I think they're kind of where they should be.
2: Yeah, they're. Uh, they're right now, they are 58 and 36. If they played 500 baseball the rest of the way, they'd be 92 and 70. So if, if we assume that, let's say that they've reverted to a 500 team, they'd still finish 92 and 70. And if we think that this is this is one of their worst stretches of the year and they're going to go back to playing something between they're 500 gonna and They're still going to end up winning
1: 100 games.
2: That's the that's like they're the They're going to get thing.
1: really I mean you would think that they they should with the with the schedule that softens up for them in the, in the in August and September. They're still I mean you play eight games over 500 for the rest of the way. They've played what 22 games over 500 to this mm-hmm. point. So they're at they they've they've played 500 since they were 40 and 18. So that's that's six and a half weeks. I don't think that they're a five hundred baseball team. I don't yeah. think I don't think even Derek and Thad when they came into the season thought this is a eighty win team. I think that they probably thought they were a eighty five to ninety win team, probably closer to ninety, with the division that
2: they're in and the schedule that they have. And then Max Kepler became what he was supposed to be, right? right? And and, and yeah.
1: some of the, and some things broke. Yeah, and they were probably like, well, if some things break right, we can be better. But I think that they thought they were a. a Above 500 teams. So if they thought going into it they were an 88 win team, well, then you would think maybe they might play eight games over 500 from here to the end of the season. Sure. And you're going to win 100 games. And at what pace the Indians have to play to win 100 games? They got to keep this up basically until the end of the season.
2: Yeah, I got to keep going. Yeah, the Indians would be an 88 win team if they played 500 baseball the rest of the way. So, yeah. Yeah,
0: do 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 math on that. Oh, if you want the math, the Twins after losing the second game to the Mets boys, I got some bad news for you. They're no longer projected to win 100 games. If they win at their current winning percentage, the Twins will only win 99.95 games the oh, rest of the season. Okay. So, so, that's a bit of a gut punch.
2: Can I I so all right, I want I'm going to break the optimism for a second because I do Oh, I'm going to bring it back after this. So, right, let's do it. I, and I've got some stuff on both sides, but here's sure. here's where here's where I stand. This team can win the division. This team will win the division, and I do think this team will make trades. But I think the last month, and in particular, if you want to look at yesterday's game, in which by the way they led three to two going into the last three innings and wound up losing fourteen to four, and put Ira Adrianza on the mound. And I get it's it's baseball, one game, anything can happen, but it's more evident than ever, to me, that this team needs at least two pitchers in a trade. Like We're talking multiple trades or a trade that brings in... If we were on the fence about, well, how good can they be as currently constructed, that should no longer be a question. I don't need Matt McGill pitching in close games in key situations late in the season. All due respect to Matt McGill. And Trevor May, I think we've all been really high on Trevor May in this room, and his numbers on the season still look pretty good, even after yesterday's 0-2 three-run homer. To uh, to Smith, but at this point, if you're talking about what does this team look like for a playoff run, right now Trevor May doesn't factor into like your top three or four relievers until he works his way back into that. You have to make trades to fill out that part of your bullpen, and it's more evident than ever after yesterday. So that's where I stand on the doom and gloom side. On the positive side, <laughs> the last three World Series winning teams, okay, the 2018 Red Sox started 17-2 and two and then played below 500 baseball for a month after that and even lost 6-8 of eight in June. So they had, and, and I think there was a two-month stretch where they played 500 baseball in the middle of the season. They won the World Series. 2017 World Series winning Astros. And by the way, all these teams won 100 games in the regular season. The Astros in 2017 from July 6th until middle of September, so over two months, were below five hundred, so they played a below five hundred stretch for two and a half months in their World Series winning season. The Cubs in two thousand sixteen were even worse than that first stretch. The World Series winning Cubs three years ago played six games below five hundred for a month stretch in the middle of the year. And but there's another team, the Dodgers, who didn't win the World Series in two thousand seventeen, but they got to the World Series and won over a hundred games. They lost sixteen of seventeen in late August, early
0: September. So some of this is just Baseball. This is how baseball works. Let me ask you guys two questions, and, and no qualifiers, no anything, because we could go down a. Thousand I, I and levels. I hate qualifiers. Yeah, so, no, no yeah. point. So <laughs> sneaky, <laughs> sneaky. Uh, so uh, can this Twins team win the World Series? Phil, yes or no? As currently constructed. No qualifiers. Yes or no? Yes. Glenn. No. 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 Well, I'm. But my. You said no, no qualifiers, qualifiers, Phil.
1: With no qualifiers, so that to me that means that
0: as as they are right this now. This twins team, like today, sure. No. no. Okay. Let me ask you another question, and this might get you back, reel you in a little bit. I'm casting a net here, try to pull you into that's the not, optimistic. That's how you side. cast a fishing
1: pole. You're not much of an outdoorsman, no, I know. That's, that's how you cast a. We need video cameras in here. <laughs> Derek's true. casting a fishing pole, but saying it's a net. What did you so, do to cast a net? I went. I
0: just like tossed a line in the water. I can teach then, you how to throw a cast okay. net if you want. Let's yeah. try.
2: <laughs> you were like. Rolling dice or something. That's I don't know this, what that that's was. The, that's that series, like where Judd went and shot basket.
1: You know, yeah. all oh, the athlete this Challenge. This is Derek throwing a This is Derek throwing a cast net.
0: Can you bait your own Here, hook, bro? Here's, here's Derek. Here's Derek putting a leech on a hook. Here's <laughs> my here's my way to get you guys back to the optimistic side. I don't know. I'll use a bear trap or something. Yeah, Reel you in. Reel yeah. you back. There. You go. So, right. there yeah. That's right. yes. Yep. <laughs> so, if you had to choose today, July eighteenth. The records are tied. The Twins and Indians are identically deadlocked for first place in the American League Central. Which roster would you choose the rest of the way to win the division? Glenn? I would take ours. I would take the
1: Twins because I think that they're a better team. I think they've been a better team and I think they will be. So I'd take the Twins. Phil, Twins
0: or Indians? Twins. Okay. You guys both take the Twins. Twins. Pretty confidently. Winning the division and winning the World Series are two of our things. That's right, that's right. i we're talking about the Indians. I'm trying to get optimism also, back
2: going here. And then uh, we talk about the World Series later. Also, a three month stretch versus a six month stretch is different as well. If you so, Sure.
1: And if you asked if you asked us are the twins gonna win the division as currently constructed, yes.
0: Right. Yeah, yeah. I think you guys both said that before. Yeah. So but like I think that the twins are better from this point forward than the Indians talent wise. And I think they're staked to a four-game lead. Like, four games isn't nothing. We just think of it like that around here. We start to shake because it used to be 11.5. I'm telling you, plus four is meaningful if you somehow go out and get swept in another series. Because you got some good teams coming up. And the Indians get to keep doing their run in the American League Central and beating up on the cupcakes. And they somehow sweep a series, which is it's hard to do. You still have a lead in the division. Like I'm trying to put into context, there's still space there, and you're the better team. I'll take your odds. And I would be shocked. And I this is what I said yesterday when I was talking to this guy. um, September 1st,
1: I think they're going to have like a seven-game lead. Okay. Like I I just you know just the way it's going to work out for me is I think I do think that this lead might get a little bit smaller. Is that a write
2: that down prediction? (laughs) Are well, you, I mean, it, are you going on the record?
1: I, yeah, we can do
2: that. That's I, seven I,
1: game I do, lead. I do think that they'll have. A, a se- I think that they'll be right at seven games.
0: I think that's specific enough, Phil, that that would qualify as a home run if he hits it.
2: Yeah, uh, we're gonna we're gonna put that down for Mackie and Jeb with Rami, <laughs> Glenn Perkins' seven game lead on September first. I
0: think it could get a
1: little bit. I think it might get down to two or three. Sure, yeah. but then I, I think that it's just going to be a slow kind of walk back to. To round seven yeah. at, at on September first, but I just and this is the other thing I just looked up. This is on FanGraphs. I looked up the playoff odds. The Twins still have a ninety five percent chance to make the playoffs. I, I mean, I think that's that's almost a foregone conclusion just with the wild cards and all those. Now they want to avoid that, but they're still at eighty four percent chance to win the division. So you run a simulation a hundred times, they're eighty four. Like that, that that's that's also not nothing. The, the Yankees are at eighty six percent to win the division. The the Astros are a little higher even though they have the same they have a they have a half game bigger lead, but I guess they're Van Graaff doesn't love the the Athletics. So maybe that bodes well for the Minnesota Twins this week too. Um but they still have the the Dodgers the Dodgers
2: are 100%. I, I saw that. yeah. <laughs> clinch but not mathematically, but we're just going to say yeah, it does clinch. They're 30
1: yeah. games over, the Diamondbacks are 2 games over. Uh they're they're they're, they're they've already won the division.
2: You know, um, the, the, the the Dodgers being 14 games up, so the, the Giants have gotten hot lately, but the fact that the Dodgers are that good, like D- Derek brought this up on, I think you brought it up on Twitter sometime yesterday or today, but like, or no, you wrote about this on scorenorth.com. Sure did. The The Giants are now back to about 500, and so if the division wasn't completely out of hand already, you could make a case that they might hang on to some of their guys and make a, a classic Giant second half run. So thank you Dodgers
0: for making Madison Bumgarner and Will Smith available, <laughs> right. even though the Giants have won like eleven out of thirteen. So Sam far. Dyson and Tony Watson, you yeah. go fishing off the back end of that bullpen if you want. Well, it, it I can't, I, I, but one could casting incorrectly. Yes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so I mean, I think I think everything's going to play out the way it's going to play out trade deadline wise the next two weeks and there are far more buyers than sellers and that's another thing that we can dive into here maybe we get get into this in the next segment here but like there's only a small handful of teams that are 100% selling and have valuable pitching pieces but there's probably 9 10 11 teams that are looking to add pitching and that's another thing like we're we're sizing up the twins odds against teams as currently constructed but the Yankees and the Astros and other teams around you are gonna make trades to improve their team. I, I, if the Astros add Bumgarner, now you have even more to add to get on their list. I
1: think that's something we can get into the, in the next segment because I disagree on some of that. Okay, on some of the teams that are are going are, that are good that are gonna buy. I think there there are teams that are gonna be in the playoffs that are gonna win divisions that aren't gonna make
2: moves. Let's do that next. It's Glenn Perkins on baseball, the Scorner Twin Show, and a quick public service announcement for you guys out there. Today only, we are giving away a four-pack of Twins-Yankees tickets for the July 23rd game. That's a 7-10 p.m. start time. And all you have to do, there's, there's a two-hour window for you to enter and have a chance to win. Four to six o'clock today, if you're listening to this on Score North right now. Four to six o'clock today, on July 18th. You can download the Score North mobile app if you don't already have it. You open the Score North mobile app between four and six o'clock. Make sure you're registered, by the way. And you can enter to win those Twins and Yankees tickets only between 4 and 6 o'clock and only on the Score North mobile app. Free to download Apple devices, Android devices. Uh, This is your chance to win Twins Yankees tickets. It is the Score North Twin Show. Glenn Perkins on baseball.
1: Welcome back to the Our Twins show. This is Glenn Perkins on baseball. Uh, we teased it before the break. I guess I did. We were talking about uh, the playoffs and the teams that are in the playoffs, the trade deadline coming up. It's uh, it's my belief. Uh, maybe I, maybe I want to hear from, from you guys first about who yeah. you think is going to make moves, who are buyers. There's a lot of sellers. I think there's more sellers because just the way, like when you look at these playoff odds and you look at it, Who's who's trying and who's not? Like I think this year more than more than any other year,
2: like there's teams that are trying and then, then teams that aren't. Well, I think there's two lines of sellers. Obviously, Baltimore is a seller, but I'm looking at if you're a seller. So Toronto and Baltimore are going to be sellers. They're both terrible, but Toronto has actual pieces that you would that would bump you up in a like Marcus Stroman, and if Ken Giles is healthy, and I'm I'm staying away from Ken Giles probably at this point. Anytime a, anytime a guy comes out, and it's clear that Giles wants to get out of Toronto, too, because he's saying, I mean, the, the elbow inflammation, it, it's, it's it's nothing. It's in a different place than the Who's other. The
1: masseuse? That's what I want to know. <laughs> well, he goes, what but, are
2: you doing? But in his effort to tell you, hey, there's nothing to see here, he goes, this inflammation is in a different part of my elbow than the last inflammation. So <laughs> now you're getting a guy with inflammation in two parts of his elbow. An like, aggressive massage <laughs> therapist over the break.
1: <laughs> Made my elbow numb. Yeah, No, but so... It, you know, when I look at it, all right. So the Yankees definitely gonna do something. They always do, and they're really good. I think that that's for me. And I don't know enough about the Dodgers, but I feel like those those are the two best teams in baseball. I feel like the Yan- the Yankees always do something. Yes. Now with the Dodgers, I don't know. Like it, it, they're like they're so like to me, it seems like they're so good. They're so well rounded that like, what are they gonna do? I put them in the same category as the Astros. I don't see the Astros d- doing much of anything with like impact wise. I I I, just, I think I f- they might add Bumgarner.
2: I think they might be laying in the weeds and they said, "We listen, we took Justin Verlander and breathed some life into him. We can do the same thing with Bumgarner." And if they do that, depending on what your opinion is of Bumgarner, which we've hashed out on the show, if the Yankees add, if let's say let's say let's let's say the, let's say you're right and the Astros don't add, let's say just the Yankees add. Well, now the Yankees have raised the bar for what you need to add to be on their level in October. So you have to, you have to aim for not yeah, what the Yankees I, I are don't, now.
1: I don't think Derek and Dad are going to try to play catch up with the Yankees. Like you don't do that. You construct your roster and your team the way you want to construct it, and then you take your chances. I think that goes back to the Theo Epstein thing we've talked about before: is you build your team and then and to try to get to the playoffs, and then you just hope you get lucky. That's essentially what the playoffs are: is who's hot, who gets lucky, who's who's healthy, all those things. So I like I don't know, like the Rays, they're not gonna they're not gonna do anything. They never do. Like as far as these like guys that would potentially be Twins targets, I think that the Rays aren't gonna be in on any of that stuff. I think the Indians aren't gonna be in on any of that stuff either.
2: How sure are you that the Twins are gonna make a big move in the next two weeks?
1: I, I mean, define big
2: like Noah tra- Syndergaard tra- trade it. That that would be. <laughs> That would be a whale move. When I say big, I mean like trade at least two of your top 15, 10 to 15 prospects for a Will Smith, a, a Kirby Yates has multiple years of team control. Like an, a, a guy that would, to, um, to make a trade for a guy that would be your best reliever or right there with Taylor Rogers and your first or second best. They're not going
1: to do, they're not going to, they're not going to trade prospects that high for, for a reliever. There's just no way. that's why I still think that they're going to end up doing some sort of a starter and reliever trade Mm -hmm. uh, to to ease some of that blow-up.
0: Reckless speculation. My headphones were up too loud.
1: (laughs) That wasn't super reckless. No, I think that's pretty... Um, Down the middle. I don't know. I think you. I think you. I think you might have uh, premature. Yeah, <laughs> premature recklessly blew the. Uh... Yeah, there we go. Reckless no. speculation. No, just stop it when the when,
0: you're, when the brakes are skidding. <laughs> premature speculation. <laughs> right there. yep. that's what I did. That's me, what I did. I think so. The Astros are such a good team, but their bullpen's been so leaky for six weeks now that I do think they're going to add a reliever. I don't know like, what their mindset is in terms of, like, is this the go-for-it window? But I sense, just from the outside, that the Astros, Yankees, gosh, maybe even the Rays, and to a lesser extent the Red Sox, kind of feel like this is a window that they can win. Like, that American League East is so tough, and it ain't getting any easier the next five Which years. Which
1: is why I don't think, like, the Rays are never a team that, that it seems that they're going to Sure, the, the, when especially they they're they're going to look at it and be like, all right, we're not going to win the division, so
0: take that 50 fifty. We're going to be a,
1: we're going to be in a one game playoff. Do, well, we really wanna, do we really want to? Do we really want to like go all in for a one game thing? I don't think
0: so. I agree with you, Glenn. But just to play devil's advocate, the Rays finished probably second, second or third, depending on who you ask. On Nelson Cruz this winter, they wanted a big bopper in the middle of that lineup, and the Twins paid more. So okay, there you go. Two. The reports anyways, and I hadn't heard this, but I read it um, from, I think it was Mark Topkin of the Tampa Bay Times, who's just all kinds of plugged into that race. Club said that they finished second on Craig Kimbrell, too. So it kind of makes me look like they have a mind to improve their team, they just haven't found the right fit yet. I think they're still going to try. They always seem to me as a team that's more likely to make those moves in the offseason, The, the sure. kind of buy low stuff. there.
1: And not unlike what the Twins have done. Like, trying to buy some guys in the winter for just money... And they try to do that with Craig Kimbrell, too. Like, try to just get him. That's just money. We don't want to trade away our prospects. Sure. The, and the Rays are even more so because they're not. They can't sustain any sort of a, a payroll that, like, even at the level of the Twins. Yeah. So they're not. They're they've never been like the like big trade deadline splash. They're more. They're they're the kind of team to me that would trade one of their guys right now, even though they're in it.
0: Right. Like to, to do get somebody that's gonna
1: right to get somebody that's gonna help them for the rest of this season, but then also get guys that are gonna help in the future, even though they're 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 a playoff team right now. Like
2: so, Glenn, how would you approach this this Let's call it a five year window for the Twins to be really really competitive. If if Barrios is healthy and Max Kepler,
1: it's the same that I've been saying all along. Is that is that I'm I'm totally fine trading pretty much anybody in the system if you get a guy that's that's gonna impact your team. Over the next five years, I, I I think that's a a good play. Depending on how high up your system you go, how high up your prospect list you go, obviously that, that you need a, a better guy. That's that's where this whole Syndergaard thing came from a, a month ago. Is that yeah? If you're talking Royce Lewis, you need somebody that's going to be here for a while. That's going to be ahead of Jose Barrios, and that's at, that's the the minimum, you know and. The asking price, even right now, and it's going to come down. I think as you get closer to the deadline, it becomes more of a buyer's market. Right now, the sellers have the leverage. As you get closer to the deadline, and you want to sell something, like especially with it being a hard deadline now, it, you're gonna. It's a game of chicken, basically. But like the Padres' asking price for for Kirby Yates right now is outrageous. I know that
2: he's thirty-two as well. Right, and really it's a, good, and it's a
1: reliever. Like, it, you might be good. Like, there's a there's a very small handful of guys that are good every year. I think the hardest part
2: with with some of these, how much do you give up at the deadline discussions? You know, it's it's not like in the NBA where if you just acquire LeBron James, you go from a zero percent chance to win the title to like a fifty percent chance to win the title. Where one player, when the, when the Warriors acquire Kevin Durant, they had already won a championship. But the Warriors go into that season, and there's, it's like the Warriors and the Cavs, and there's probably three or four teams that can maybe win a championship. And let's say the Warriors were 25 to 30% to win the championship before Kevin Durant. And they add one player, and it's literally 100% chance <laughs> that they win the championship. And, 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 and you don't have to, as long as everyone stays healthy. In baseball, if the, if the Minnesota Twins were to add Clayton Kershaw in his prime to this team right now, or pick your best pitcher in, in baseball in his prime for this stretch run right now. Madison Bumgarner from five years ago. What's their percent chance to win the World Series right now? Let's say it's like 5 or 8% or whatever. The Twins are like around 10%. So 10%. Yeah. Even putting the best pitcher on the planet in his prime on this staff and another reliever, it doesn't make it like 80% that you win the World Series. It's, it might make it like 20%. They're at 8%.
1: Okay. So it might make it 9.5%.
2: Yeah. Well, if you added Clayton Kershaw on his prime, it makes it like 15 or 20. I guess my point is you've got to, it's so hard to weigh. All right. Do you go all in on this season? Like, you should be aggressive for this season. But when the Cubs added Araldis Chapman, yes, he helped them win the World Series. But if you want to look at, like, how many times do you play that playoff uh, month out? It wasn't a ninety percent chance that they win the World Series, like it would be if you added Tom Brady in football. And I, well, and I was LeBron talking J. with
1: Pat about that at the field yesterday, Roycey. And I said, "You see these things. Well, do you think the do you think the Cubs are upset that they lost Glaber Torres because they won the World Series when they got a- 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 Errol Chapman? No, they're not. But that's that's like that's revisionist history. That's hindsight. Like,
0: do you think if they lost that World Series, they'd be sad they lost a stud? Infielder, uh, probably. Yes, I would think so. You know, and so it
1: it, it doesn't. My point is, is and I mean, we're we agree here. It doesn't guarantee you anything. Sure. But what you got to do is you have to hedge your bet against. All right, you're going to give up Royce Lewis or Alex Kirilov, right? And so you have to hedge your bet against if so if it, that they're going to. This is what we project them to do over the next six years. If we can match that with pitcher X that we get. Then, then that's a trade that you could that, in my eyes, that you can make.
2: Noah Syndergaard is so fascinating for for so many reasons. He's only twenty six years old. He's only making about six million dollars this year, and so he's he hasn't signed a big multi year contract. He's arbitration guy. So any team that would pull the trigger on a Noah Syndergaard trade would get a thoroughbred in his prime if he's healthy for the next few years, and it's a hamstring thing that he's been dealing with, not an elbow thing. You get him under team control for two and a half years, and the thing that would make you pump your brakes is well, he's got a four and a half ERA this year, and the strikeout numbers are down. It's just like, but like he's playing for the Mets, and it. it I w- I would guess, and this is where I would want Glenn's insight. It's probably hard to get up every single day when you're playing for an organization that literally has like a manager fighting with media, <laughs> and you're ten games under five hundred, and you know you're not going anywhere. And they haven't given you a big contract. You're kind of done with the organization mentally. And if I would think if a new organization acquired him, you'd have an absolute refreshed they've, version they've of Ford. They've mishandled four. like multiple maladies, not only that he's
1: had, but like a bunch of guys. Like yeah. they've Robinson Cano's quad this year, mm-hmm. but they've done it with Syndergaard, too, where it's like, yeah, my elbow hurts a little bit and let's go get an MRI. And they're like, oh, no, everything's good. And it's <laughs> like, no, if you said your elbow hurts and you need an MRI, you probably just need to go on the 10 day. Yeah. You know, and just let's let's be precautious. Like, you see it with the Twins. They're so precautionary, but that that's how you keep guys healthy.
0: I was reading Jeff Passan, our friend of the show, Jeff Passan, I can say now, um, who's writing his 10 Things column, 10 Things to Look For Ahead of the Trade Deadline, and said that the Mets aren't trading Syndergaard just based on the asking price right now. One executive or rival GM said... It, the cost they were asking for was like two arms and a leg or something like that. So that led Jeff to conclude he's not moving at this deadline. With that being said, like if you think this is the window for the Twins, that's exactly the type of pitcher you should be targeting—a top-flight arm talent that you can bring in and then you know get him in your system. I don't think the four and a half ERA would scare me away, is what I'm saying. Also, don't think the injury history would scare me away that much either. Um, and I'm risk-averse. You add that guy to this staff, suddenly you're not so worried about what Matt McGill did in the eighth inning yesterday against the Mets. Suddenly you are right up there, shoulder to shoulder with the Yankees, Astros, and Dodgers as the best team in baseball. Yeah.
1: No, and, and I, now I'm on fan graphs again here, and I, oh, I looked up. Shocker. I look up Noah Syndergaard. So he was he was worth four wins last year. He's been worth two wins this year, even with his sure. four fifty ERA. But he's got a three eighty FIP. He
0: had a two eighty FIP last year. I kind of look at him, Glenn, and correct me if I'm wrong, but he's so two years after this. So of course you'd like to have him for this stretch run. That's hey, World Series, let's go, baby! But the next two years, he's what? He's like maybe a nine, ten win pitcher.
1: Hey, do do he's qu- a, he's he's basically projected as a four win pitcher for the next three years. Fan okay. okay.
0: FanGraphs does three year
2: projections. Sure, and 2019
1: for, is four, four point two next year, four point one year after that. With
2: Phipps in the two
1: eighties, ERA around three.
2: For context, who are the best pitchers in baseball are like. Six seven wins. above. Yeah, if you, if you, if you get if you
1: get up there, you're yeah. I mean, that's 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 very far up there. I view
0: Syndergaard. Pitcher. I I understand, and they're using stats and much smarter than me figuring out what's what it's going to be going for. But it, I just think you look at the stuff. I think he's honestly like just a, probably a half step below. But like you're Justin Verlander, you're Max Scherzer, like elite, elite, top end pitching. Noah Syndergaard's got the stuff to be right there. Shove a ninety-nine, like a ninety-mile-an-hour slider. Two other secondaries that are I consider plus pitches. Like this is the guy you target, and then the conversation always shifts to price. I oh, think, of course, it's going to be high. The other hard thing
2: to balance here is the Twins historically have never, never made a trade like this. That's right. They've never gone out. They I mean, they they acquired John Smiley in nineteen ninety-two, and and I get that. Jack Morris was an acquisition in the offseason but Jack Morris was also later in his career. Jim Tomey later in his career. When we're talking about giving up a huge chunk of your farm system for an in his prime thoroughbred, that's something that is unprecedented in Twins history.
1: So Max Scherzer's leading in wins above the replacement right now. He's at 5.6. 5. 5.6, 5. Yeah, which is crazy. He's he's a I mean he's another guy like he gets kicked around a little bit, that, that, that I don't think that happens either. The guy that's in second place, maybe a guy that they can look at this team, They were, they were were the Twins just saw him, but they're kind of like on the outskirts of the playoff hunt. Uh, Lance Lynn.
0: Sure. Oh, Is man. That right, so it's, yeah. Maybe man. that, you know, he, <laughs> right. he's a guy just bonafide. Just signed, I think he
1: just signed a three-year deal with the Rangers, but, you know, million. they're kind of, eh, and he's, <laughs> I mean, he's second in baseball and wins by replacement right when now. He, if you that's got a that guy, dude. That's a guy for me that I would, yeah, you know what?
2: You'd give you give up some there. good prospects to <laughs> Wait, get that guy in your. Stead. If you brought that dude back into your clubhouse, would he at least have a smile now that he's got thirty hey, million you know dollars what? guaranteed?
0: Actually, there's an interesting point here, and great, great troll job, Glenn. That was <laughs> that was you've been hanging out with Pat Roycey too much for that. Uh, I was listening to uh, Inside Twins, the Twins like radio network show, and Thad Levine was the guest, and he talked about that exact thing that you're kind of hinting at here, Glenn. He said we can go into the science of the deal. And say this guy makes us two percent better or whatever, but then you have to go into the art of it and you say like if you're just throwing like a uh, what's the word Molotov cocktail into the clubhouse and it takes that vibe that they've created there that winning environment that takes it down like even one percent or on balance you're not adding. Thad Levine said straight up on the radio that. That's a deal that, in his opinion, he's not making. Oh, interesting. Even if you know that it makes your team better, I wonder so, how many. I wonder how many guys like is Trevor Bauer that kind of a guy? Do we have any? Like if,
2: is Trevor Bauer a guy that? Ooh, like half the clubhouse might say, "I don't know, man." I
0: I don't know
1: him well enough. I don't know him, but I feel like from I mean, he's it he seems to always have headphones on. I think he's just a guy that kind of keeps to himself. Um, but like in reading, and I still need to get you guys the book. But in reading the MVP machine, he he's. He help. He he loves helping other guys on the team, like other yeah. pitchers. He loves talking about. I think he's he's a little bit in the mold of like Zach Greinke. Where okay. the, the guys that I know that played with Zach love him, and he's known as more of a quiet, more of a, a you know a, a guy that that you know you don't. He doesn't talk much to the media. Those things, but guys that play with him love him. He loves to talk about pitching. Super smart. That's the way it seems like a Trevor Bauer would be for me.
0: I wouldn't be too shocked if they were split on him internally. Now, I think Bauer is another one of those arm talents. I'm talking about, like, Syndergaard, who is just top shelf. I mean, you can look at the numbers and say, like, eh, I don't know. It's not the same this year as it was last year. But I'm talking in terms of stuff. Trevor Bauer, to me, is on that top echelon. I know he has fans within the organization. I don't know if that's the kind of trade, A, that Cleveland would make, yeah, B, that's not... that you'd be universally agreed Cleveland on.
2: Cleveland might trade Trevor Bauer. I think there's a very small chance at this point. There is a gonna be to the 0% I mean, chance it's to the Twins.
1: If this... they trade him, they're shooting off one of their feet. And if they trade with the Twins, they're shooting off both feet. Yeah, so. There's right. no way. It's hard to
0: run <laughs> with yeah. zero feet. Yeah,
2: I, I just they're, they're, that one's not going to happen. Uh, there is an old-timers game scheduled for next year. We need to ask Glenn about The second old-timers game at Target Field. We need to know what Glenn's training regimen is going to be. It's the Score North Twin Show, Glenn Perkins on Baseball.
1: This copyrighted show is presented by authority of the Office of Score North. It may not be reproduced or retransmitted in any form, and the accounts and descriptions of this show may not be disseminated without express written consent of
2: Score North. Glenn Perkins on Baseball. I'm Phil Mackey. That was Glenn Perkins getting our uh, legalities out of the way, or just practicing for TV mostly. Derek Wetmore is here from scorenorth.com. And Dave St. Peter floated this, I believe, uh, I think it was Dave. I don't know. Judd broke it. I don't know if he got it from Dave or somebody, but uh, the Twins are going to have an old-timers game. In two thousand twenty. Now the last time the twins had an old timers game was back in two thousand ten and Kent Herbeck like put a crater had, like re constructive surgery to target field. <laughs> he
1: put a crater yeah. over by the first in first baseball territory.
2: Uh are you gonna are have you committed to playing this? Well yeah,
1: so at uh Maurers deal, the number retirement thing, he kinda I think he was going around to guys to kind of getting the temperature of interest, the level of interest, I guess, and uh Talk to me, and I was like, "Yeah, I, I mean, first of all, I think that's a great idea. Second of all, yeah, I'm in. So, are you going to pitch or bunt? Um, what or hit bombs? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I. You know what? I, I was thinking about that actually. Um, on the way up here, that I like, I I think I might need to get the arm in shape and and you know do a little pitching. Malt so down, yeah. You well, know what? I actually haven't seen you swing a bat. Oh, I can. I I've gone deep in batting practice at. Miller Park, uh, the Metrodome. Oh. I went deep at the Metrodome back in the day. Um, Petco in San Diego, oh, that's a tough one. Yeah,
2: even during batting
0: practice.
1: Bush, Bush in um, St. Louis. Well,
0: you're just bragging now. Um, this is the only place that, that I the
1: only place that I didn't hit a ball out when I hitting BP was Target Field. Huh? I couldn't get one out of there. I hit the limestone once. Wow. Um, but uh, yeah. I mean, it, it's like yanked down the line. Like sure, they no, were all within, hey, they were all within five feet of a the poke's ball. Poke, poke. That's but, pretty good. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not like I'm. I definitely I couldn't hit like a pitch. Sure. sure okay. Sure. I
2: mean, what needs to happen for you to spend the next calendar year getting your velo back up into the mid nineties? <laughs> And uh, just, that's you impossible. Just gas these guys. That's impossible. <laughs> just go in there and just start sawing.
1: Cutting.
0: cutting. <laughs> Here you go, Cutting. I'll tell you what's coming. Yeah.
2: <laughs> you come out full uniform, closer music from the bullpen, and you just hear straight face <laughs> well, the the time. Def- all of those
1: things are definitely going to happen, except it's going to be 75 okay. instead of 95. <laughs> I, did a, I did a fantasy camp at Target Field during the All Star break last sure. Tuesday and uh, threw two rounds of BP. And that was the first time that I threw, other than like the couple first pitches that I've thrown for stuff since I got done, and my arm hurt for like three days after oh, that. Man. So, but I know if, if it, like when I find out when this thing's happening, like it's gonna be a couple months. Like there'll be spring training, get and, back on the wow. bike, oh, yeah. yeah.
2: Rocky so training, music I'll be throwing, in the I'll
1: be throwing bullpens to Derek. <laughs>
2: um, Is Joe? Do you think Joe's gonna play? He's got to and take the first. He's pitch. got to. No, I hope, he draws, that's I hope where, he draws three walks in that game. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's where that's
1: where he'll probably just come out of his shoes and like he'll yes. probably he'll probably like turn and burn so bad that he'll put one through like the bat and barrel up in the you know, right <laughs> field foul over there. Like
2: And fans are gonna be like, Where was why didn't you do this more often in your career? Oh, yeah, he'll amazing. he'll
1: like just scorch one foul over there. But no, I you know, it, it seemed like the interest level was pretty high. And what a great reason to get all the guys back together! It was the same with with Joe's thing. Like the night that Friday night, um, before they retired his number on Saturday, all the guys like that. You know, I mean, there was forty guys that that had played in that kind of my era, two thousand six to two thousand fifteen. There was yeah. a bunch of guys there, and it was so cool to get everybody back together. And like, you know, talking to JJ J. Hardy and. You know, gave in, like, a, a Garrett Jones and Kubel. Like, you know, nobody talks to Kubel anymore, and then Kubel's there. Like, it's so yeah, cool to get... what is Kubel doing now? Playing video games, eating potato chips, uh, <laughs> living the dream, man. Um, no, he's good. But it, it, it was just... It was awesome to get everybody back together. It would be super fun to get everybody back in uniform, like... You know, hanging out in a clubhouse and goofing around. And
2: what is like if we had a bingo board of all right, things that we need to see happen in this game? A Nick Punto head first slide into first base. Yes. Has to happen. Yes. We have to see a Joe Maurer walk <laughs> for sure. Um, I'm trying to think of who else, who else has things that we need to, to see? I think we need to see, uh, like a Michael Caddier, play a ball off the limestone perfectly and throw a laser into the infield to hold a guy to a single that should have been a double. <laughs> yeah, he's very good at you that. Know what I want?
1: The other thing, he, the other thing he could do is, is like, you know, when the guy like the single to right when the guy's on second and then he gets caught in the rundown on
2: purpose, on purpose to, to make sure to, the run scores. Yes, even though the run was already going to score. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Can we get um, Chad
0: Allen in to just randomly try and steal bases as the <laughs> when he thinks the pitcher's not watching too? Justin Morneau to hit one to the moon. Tory Hunter to bring one back. Um, I don't know why this has to be you, Glenn, but some, Glenn standing on the mound, not paying attention, and and Rodney Carew just streaks home, steals steals home plate, <laughs> wow. while the pitcher's not paying attention. That'd or, be pretty or, fun.
2: Or how about, I'm trying to think of, uh, can we get like, who's a who's a right-handed here? Can we get Josh Willingham back in to hit a 450-foot foul ball, and then Glenn chirps at him? I think we need that on the one. Yeah, that band. would be a good one. Yep. yep. How about
1: speaking him. of 450 foot home runs? How about Pete a Did you guys watch a oh, game yesterday? Was, yeah. Were you still tuned in? <laughs> and I was gonna say it. I was sitting up in the press box with Hanneman, and I was gonna say uh with Pete Alonso got up there and it was like 11 to 3 or whatever the score was. I'm like, he might as well just hit one here. Like he hasn't he's hit a bunch of balls hard in the series, but hasn't really done much. And uh I was gonna say it and I didn't, and then he gets a hanging slider from Matt McGill. That ball landed like two rows. Higher than the like concourse exit up there.
2: Yeah, that was aggressive. That's the that's the second longest home run I've seen hit at Target Field in a game. I think it's the longest. The only other one was Giancarlo Stanton in the Home Run Derby, 2014. Yeah. He 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 hit one probably two or three rows above that in the same area in left field.
1: Nelson Cruz hit one. And I, I've told the story before. Uh, it must have been 2011. He hit one. Off maybe like Nick Blackburn. Okay. I think. I think he might have like hung him a cutter or something. And he hit one up there somewhere. And Delman, that's when Delman ran in. (laughs) Oh no, it was off Pat Nishek. I think it might have been Jose Batista off Pat Nishek. I know Nelson Cruz has hit a couple up there too. That's another guy we need back for the old timers I I think I think Nishak hung a slider to Joey Bats and Delman ran in. From left field, so he could see where it landed. Like,
2: oh no! (laughs) He ran toward
1: the infield and turned around. Like most of the time, guys like might take one step and not move. That one got hit, and Delman like I think he like put his head down and started running in, and then turned around so he could see where it landed. Delman needed to
2: grab some popcorn from the vendor. I didn't
1: see what what uh, what how how much uh, Red Edrazario moved yesterday, but. That was a bomb. That's the furthest one that
2: I've seen. Third tank's not a joke in left No, field especially halfway up. That's, <laughs> uh, oh, that's a highlight
1: man. of my two days uh, at Target Field doing the pre and post game. Wow. So.
2: so, a quick reminder for people we're giving away Twins Yankees tickets for July 23rd, and you can only win them between 4 and 6 o'clock today, Thursday, July 18th, and you can only win them on the Score North mobile app. You download it if you haven't already, you register with your name and email. And you can enter to win the Twins-Yankees tickets through Listener Rewards, um, and that's it. We're gonna we're gonna pick someone to go and watch the Twins turn it around. Ideally on this homestand, Glenn Perkins on Baseball on Demand, anywhere you find your favorite podcasts, including the Score North mobile app. And uh, we'll see you guys next week.